It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to a very somber edition of the Podcast of Champions. Um, I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And if you'll allow me, I just want to say a few words. I'll go right ahead, David. Um, you know, it's always a sad thing when you lose someone you love, when you lose someone you treasure. And um, I just want to say, you know, my heart goes out to all uh, – USC fans and uh, Alex Grinch's loved ones and uh, everyone who appreciated the side of good defense. Um, yeah, it's a tough time for all of us. I think all of us, uh, part of the Pac-12 family, you know? Pac-12 um, family. Whenever we see one of our own go down like this, cut down in his prime, uh, it's just, I mean, it's a really hard situation. So wish wish uh wish his family the best wish everyone the best uh except for obviously the coward lincoln riley for firing him mm. um uh that's a curse and a stain that will live on his memory uh until the day he dies well that's a very somber intro from our yeah. our, our my colleague our brethren david woods mm-hmm. um appreciate that yeah it's a sunday by mm-hmm. the way and uh, i'm also ryan abraham <laughs> I run the USC site for 24-7 sports, you know, uscfootball.com. That's what we do. Uh, yeah, we're recording on a Sunday because I'm actually traveling tomorrow to Las Vegas for like this basketball thing that's happening. Um, it's basketball. Yeah, basketball starts. And it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's after the games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was recording a show and this news uh, broke. While I was recording the other show. Yeah. And we got this show. And I got two more shows later on. There's a lot of shows. But throw a wrench at all this, and that's why we started a little bit late if you're watching live on YouTube. Thanks very much. Because uh, USC fired uh, defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Uh, Lincoln Riley made the announcement. We kind of got word a little bit earlier, like, looks like it's happening, and it did. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, what are you going to do? But a little too late, <laughs> I would say. Uh, for most people's days, but yeah, Lincoln Riley. He just needed more time. Just you needed more this. time. Yeah, they were just like spark away. To the untrained eye, <laughs> they looked like the defense. What was I bad. what I will say about Alex Grinch is he trained a lot of eyes this season. <laughs> there were so many trained eyes, and it's like you know we get involved in this stuff. Like I, you've been around a lot of coaches have been fired. Like I have covered UCLA, correct? And I I've been around too. Like guys that I like, like people that were personable that I would have a relationship with. Uh, but, you know, you have to kind of separate that v- with, um, you know, I liked Clay Helton a lot, but like 
you know, I had to write stories like, you should fire this guy. He's terrible at his job. <laughs> like, you feel bad. But like, you know, these, these are people. But then you, you don't feel bad when they make a, you know, shit ton of money, too. So, um, but, it, you know, he'll be fine. Uh, but whatever. Yeah. So uh, Alex Grinch was fired. So that's kind of where we're starting uh, a few minutes late. And a little reason why we are doing this on a Sunday, the reaction show. Uh, we will try to get to, we got a couple of voicemails. We got some emails. If you want to email us, pac12podcast at gmail.com, or you can call or text us at 424-532-0678. Tweet us at pac12podcast or go to the website pac12podcast.com. And then uh, if you have that Apple Podcasting app, please follow us over there and rate us with five stars and leave us a review. We love that. Do we have any new ones, David? Uh, No, it does not appear that we have any new ones. I would say this is a broad-based failure. Um, None of you are um, innocent. Of this failure? Yes. Um, <gasps> the only one who I believe is innocent is um, uh, Alex Grinch, who is, um, you know, a, an innocent who was sacrificed in the machine that is USC football. All right. We have some more. Um... All right. Last week, David uh, brushed off the thesaurus and like some of his, you know, the, what he would write back in the history classes to kind of impress a professor or whatever, describing when West Texas Mike left us $5 on the Super Chat. I have no idea what he's going to do now because uh, we just got 50 bucks on a Super wow. Chat. Yeah. Wow. From Colt. Colt. Uh, yeah. The Thanks. munificent Colt. Thanks for all your hard work this season. The uh, illustrious, uh, the magnanimous uh, That's where we're going, I thought. Oh, my gosh. The ebullient. The absolute <laughs> ebullient. <laughs> uh, peak of manhood, of humanity, uh, Colt. Uh, you are, uh, by our last calculations, you are 10x <laughs> as charming, handsome, funny, witty, intelligent. Uh, I could go on and on all day, every day, as uh, West Texas Mike, who is, of course, the standard. Um, truly incredible work from Colt. Uh, he, we love you. Uh, so uh, he said, "Okay, thanks for it. all your hard work this season. Have a nice lunch on me. Like El Segundo nice, not Manhattan Beach nice. Go Bruins. Thank God for basketball season. Good uh, God. Really what appreciate that. What a champion. Uh, thank you. This is now, this isn't the podcast of champions. This is the podcast of Colt Bush. We have to, we have to get a nice lunch now yeah. because of that. Absolutely. Um, thank you. Uh, that was very cool uh, to, do, to start off the show like that. Uh, yeah. So we got a lot to get to. Um, David crushed the picks. Uh, I went against him twice and got crushed on both of those. Uh, David is actually out of the survival pool because he had Washington <laughs> state. What are you going to do? They're never getting anything other than the, the, the pussy. No, cat. they are the, they, I'm going to delete the, uh, the roar. <laughs> there is, um, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so put my picks in there. I went three and three. It was like, not great. David went five and one. Uh, but you know where I'd put my picks in there? And so someone said like, hey, am I going to Vegas to bet to bet it all on Oregon? It's like, no, I don't need to go to Vegas because I got my bookie. That's what I've been doing every week. I've been doing the picks, uh, doing pretty well over there lately, even week this week. But we'll uh, bounce back, try to do better next time. So when your money's on the line, you want to choose a trusted sports book that gives you the tools to win. Like my bookie, it doesn't matter if your team's up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live. 
so you can come out on the winning side. You can use my bookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and you can take advantage of their huge prize pool contests. Plus, there's a no-strings-attached cash bonus that'll let you deposit and withdraw really quick from your MyBookie account. What you got to do is use the promo code PAC12. That's our promo code. I know the pack is only PAC2 right now. It's going away. We're going to keep promo code PAC12 in perpetuity. So your first deposit, uh, you can receive up to $200 in cash. That's if you use promo code PAC12 over at MyBookie. Remember, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only at my bookie. Beautiful read. I'll just remind everyone, bet my picks, not Ryan's. True. Yeah. Uh, you've been doing better lately. Now I'm going to have to go crazy. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I think it was down four and I, I won one the previous mm-hmm. week. So like, then you got greedy. You then got I tried greedy. to go for two. Well, I went opposite you for UCLA. Yeah. And, and that was, look, I, I, I suggested that that's my fault. Yeah, I wanted want to bet Arizona. You didn't I want to. Bet, I wanted to bet Arizona. I had to go opposite you. Yeah. Arizona covered spreads. And you can't pick UCLA. Correct. It was like, which one do I pick? It was like, USC's defense is really this bad. Iowa's offense is really that bad. Like, what if they played? That's the one thing I'm, I'm, I wish we could have got them in a bowl game or something. That would have been great to see. I guess we still could, but, um, Hugo, yeah. Hugo Wait. Navarro, Hugo. Oh boy, super chat. Uh, Hugo says, good day. The Grinch is gone. Love the POC. Keep it mediocre, fellas. Use the funds to buy your first four pack of stone fight on pale ale. Hugo, uh, I mean, I, I I feel like I'm I'm beating a dead horse here, but <laughs> I, I was I was just thinking this morning, who is more he- handsome than Hugo? I, who is Colt, wiser? Colt, Colt, yeah. but that's it. <laughs> uh, who is smarter? Who is funnier? Who's more charismatic? Who's a better leader of men? Hmm. Uh, and it's really just Colt, Hugo. It's you, then Colt, and then below you, everyone else. You guys are incredible. Thank you, Hugo. Yeah. Um, here, I'm going to add a couple of these, uh, pictures here. Hold on. But thank you for, for that. I need, I need to put it since we had a Alex Grinch talk, we had to put up a Alex Grinch photo there. So, um, yeah, Alex Grinch is gone. Um, he Hugo gone. is great. Hugo's great. Colt is slightly greater, but like, we're not, yeah, we're not, we're not trying to diminish your greatness, Hugo. We're just trying to put things in proper hierarchy. Uh, and you are greater than, uh, everyone before you. Yeah, and thanks for everyone that if you're in the chat watching uh, live. Wow, we got like a bunch of people in there already. This is awesome, so we appreciate that very much. We do have to uh, break down all the games. Um, there's a little bit of news as far as like the AP poll. Uh, Arizona is now ranked in the mm. AP poll. Uh, mm. Washington's at five, Oregon's at six, Oregon State's at 12, Utah's at 13, Arizona's at 23, and then USC and UCLA both lost or receiving votes. Um, Who's still voting for them? Uh, I don't know. Somebody How is. many are still voting for them? There can't be that many. No. And uh, we, we're doing this a day earlier. We don't have Matthew's recap of the survival pool. But I assume a lot of people pick Washington State. I would guess a lot of people pick Washington State. I would think it's probably down to like 15 or 20 people now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Dave is now out. So mm-hmm. we'll just kind of go forward, whatever. We got our new power rankings and we got to go over uh, all of these games. Uh, yeah. So you want to just start with that, David? Or is there anything else you want to, any, anything else you want to wax poetically about? Um, no, I just, I, I wanted everyone to know why I might be a little bit uh, sadder today, you know, a little bit more down at the mouth. 
Uh, yeah. But Hugo, Colt, uh, you've really picked me up. Um, obviously, money can't fill the hole that is left by um, somebody who had as a profound an impact on me as Alex Grinch. But, um, you know, we'll we'll get through it, as we always do. Uh, we will. Um, okay, so... All right, I'm just I'm just trying to catch my breath too because we were just doing all these things. Um, all right, we've got that out of the way. We got to go through, and it was really hard to do the power rankings, which we were doing basically as the show was starting. David was talking to me; I wasn't exactly listening because I was doing my story for the uh, Alex Grinch stuff. Um, but the bottom is pretty bottomy. Yeah, we had a tough time. It's easier to rank the top right now than it is to rank the bottom. The, yeah. The bottom's tough because the bottom five are kind of they're they're really establishing themselves in that category. Um that's true. Yeah. You're still just doing work while we're trying to talk. Well, I'm No, My I'm God. No, I'm there's like stuff going on that I have My to produce while we're God. doing the show. My Hugo God. says don't forget to uh, let everyone know to subscribe to their perspective uh yeah, do respective so. Respective 24-7 sites. Um, I don't know. Uh, check around. Um, I don't know if like Arizona's running a promo or anything right now, but some of the s- sites will do that after big wins. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but uh, even now, it's still a great deal. You can get 30% off your uh, subscription right now. You can. Sign up on your uh, respective 24-7 sports for, sites. Yeah, sign up for a buck. Uh, we might be running a promo with Grinch being fired, so I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it's really. Like, I don't know. But, but literally, I haven't left this chair you know, since it's all this happening. So well, I'm doing this show for you guys, even though it doesn't really make us money, though we did get some. It just chats, made us money. Nice. It did. Yeah. We just got a little bit of money there. It was nice. Yeah, baby. Um, it's a great way to start your Sunday. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's go through uh, all of our games. And uh, first up, we have uh, number 12. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> And they were on the road taking on uh, number five. Utah Utes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were taking them on <laughs> in some ways. Um, wow. This was the only one you got wrong. Yeah, the only one we uh, we mutually got wrong. Yeah. Um, it was, um, you know, I think if I'd, if I'd thought about it for like a few beats longer, I might have con- I might have realized the error of my ways because – Okay, Utah's defense is going to look kind of weak against Oregon. But everyone else, they're going to more or less murder stomp. And, uh, yeah, that's what they did to ASU. Uh, ASU got murder stomped. Um, check out these totals. This re- is not, I mean. You ready for this? This is this is not suitable for work. Yeah. Like, Are you ready for this? It's This is so bad. Like, All right, so ASU. We, we had- only, <laughs> the only good thing is this was on Pac-12 Network, so people didn't get to see it. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Yeah. ASU had 40 yards passing. Now you'd think, okay, maybe it was one of those horrible days where like you just couldn't throw the ball, so they stopped doing it. That was on 29 attempts. Oof. Um, just incidentally, they lost 55-3, to three, uh, and it wasn't. I, I, Double nickel. I, I hate to say it wasn't that close, but three. it wasn't that close. Um, then they ran the ball, and you'd think, uh, you know, they've got Scatabo. They got that whole thing going on. Um, they ran for 43 yards. So for a grand total in this game on a robust 58 plays, uh, 83 yards of offense. I'm kind of amazed they scored That was three. the first quarter they had 83 <laughs> yards? No, that was the first game. The whole the whole game. You mean like 
So it, I don't know if you know how this works. There's 15 minute quarters. Right, right. There's four of them. Right, right. So like a bad no, it's quarter. Not like, it's not maybe like, you had a bad quarter, you'd have like 83 off, 83 yards of offense in that quarter. It's not like so tennis. So which quarter did they no, do no, the no, 83 no, offense? No, it's like not like tennis. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I understand the connotation of game here. It's not like a tennis thing. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Yes. Um, this was the full game. Like uh, how many, what like were you saying? Half? 15 of how many things? Minutes, fifteen minutes. It was sixty of those. Six, so four quarters. Right, sixty minutes and eighty-three yards. So, like, you're almost, you know, one point two yards per minute. Is that what we're going with? Something in that <laughs> yes. range. <laughs> yes, per minute stats is what I want for college football. We've got them in basketball. I want them in football. Um, yeah, uh, just uh, so uh, during the game. Pretty early on, Trenton Bourget went down for ASU. Yes. I don't want to talk about that as if it was significant for the result of this game because Trenton Bourget could have played, Drew Pine could have played, Jaden Rashada could have played. Um, any number of ASU quarterbacks for the last like 10 years probably could have played and they were still going to lose this one because they were down to how many if, uh, healthy offensive linemen to start this game? I think there were seven. Six. Six was the number. Oh, I thought they had seven, or maybe there there was one guy that was like an emergency one. Maybe he was like a snapper. So uh, I don't the know, number I heard was six. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, Utah uh, beat the absolute hell out of their quarterbacks. Uh, Bryson Barnes, the pig farmer, was great. ASU was also horrible defensively in a way they haven't really been recently. Um, I think a lot of things just caught up to them injury wise, everything wise, just lack of talent wise. Um, and Utah did whatever the hell it wanted. I think it was also Utah wanted to make a statement after losing that game uh, last week, and uh, and boy, did they. They did. Oh, Matthew says he's going to uh, send us the, the pool results in the next 30 minutes, so we will, we will get that. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, this, I, think, I thought the Borgay injury was significant. Um, but For, like, was- him, like, yes, it sucks when you get hurt. Not for the Not for this game. Do you okay. know what he was when he went out? Well, he came back in for a, like a throw, but it, it, he finished three of six for negative one yards. Yeah, that's not good. No, uh, this was this was very 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 bad. Uh, one of fifteen on third downs. Mm. That's not a, like a very high percentage if you want to talk like numbers. Yeah, uh, they made it the red zone one time, kicked a field goal, uh, only one turnover, so maybe that's a positive. <laughs> but when you Something get out to build on when you get out gained 513 to 83 like 6x or whatever like that's not um that is definitely no bueno have we know? seen an ass beating like that this year in the pac 12 i'm not sure um, if you're an asu fan it was like was it seven to three at some point or or was it 14 oh i think it went i think it went to 14 three was 14 three um, yeah they they kicked the field goal down by 14 yeah and then uh boom after that was just very bad. Like a Jacob Conover was a was a thing. Yeah, he, he was something something called a Jacob Conover is now their starting quarterback because yeah. uh, Borgay does not look uh, healthy. Yeah, and that um, that field goal I think came after there was like a really good Elijah Badger uh, uh, kickoff return or punt yep. return or something, if I remember correctly. But holy cow! Uh, for for Utah, this was the largest margin of victory in a conference game. As a Pac-12 member, so this is their worst. This is the best they've ever done in the Pac-12 era. Um, previous was against UCLA. They beat them by 46 in uh, 2019. I don't know if you remember that one, but um, no, I don't. 
I remember nothing. Bryson Barnes is the first Utah quarterback. You can't prove I remember it. Yeah. The the pig farmer, and we saw like um, Kyle Whittingham have uh, – That's my pig farmer? That's my pig farmer I ordered shirt. that shirt uh, on yesterday. Did you? Yep. Nice. Yeah. First, I'll have that and uh, big Phoenix energy. First Utah quarterback to throw four touchdowns in a conference game since Tyler Huntley did it back in 2018 against uh, USC. Um, Devon Vele is the first Ute to have multiple receiving touchdowns since uh, Dalton Kincaid uh, did it against ASU. And it's the 11th straight game uh, win in a game where Utah ran for at least 200 yards. So they had a season high. 352 rushing yards in this one. Yeah, pretty bad. I don't I mean you can't really say anything about this, right? No, I think we've I think we've uh we've beaten this one to death. I've given you like some stats you probably didn't want to know. No. Yeah, um, I know you did. Okay. Uh we have number 11, Washington State Cougars. Uh yeah. <laughs> this isn't good. Uh they were hosting uh, which we now have at number eight for some reason, even though they're maybe the worst teams we've ever seen. Stanford Cardinal. Uh, yeah, Washington State. Uh, losers of five straight now. Lost at home to Stanford. And uh, was it a... Stanford has two Pac-12 road wins. Yeah. <laughs> things what? Are getting, things are getting stupid. Um, but as with that game, it must have been like a shootout, right? We've heard about that high-powered Washington State offense, and we saw what Stanford was able to do against Colorado. So I shootout, assume, a lot of scoring. I assume lots. Like not nothing like Iowa Northwestern. No, this is- no, not the most Big Ten-ass game west of the Rockies. <laughs> no, definitely not that. Oh, wait, wait, no. It, it finished 10-7, to Stanford. Ten to seven. Uh, Ten yikes. to seven. At one point, so uh, Stanford really wasn't like good for most of this game. Uh, so I don't want it that to be good for like years. I mean, they finished with uh, two hundred and seventeen yards. Um, but <laughs> this is important. Uh, Jake Dickert, two hundred seventeen yards win. Jake Dickert punted the ball away down ten seven with uh, five oh eight to go in the game. Uh, he had three timeouts at that point, likely thinking, you know what. The Stanford team has been pretty bad. We're going to get the ball back. Yeah. We're going to have a chance. We're going to. We're not going to try to do this right here on fourth and five from the Washington State twenty-one. You know what that motherfucker never saw again? The ball. The ball. <laughs> uh, Stanford then just kind of runs the ball with Justin Lampson a whole bunch, um, drives it down, and then they faced a fourth and one. And if you are looking for signs of optimism, Zodiac Killer, Stanford, the whole thing. Uh, Troy Taylor did not go uh, piano brain at the end of this game. And on fourth and like about half a yard, he went for it. Went for it. One play to win the game. Always take it if you are the underdog. And that was one play to win the game. And they took it. Um, The game was just, I mean, it was comedy errors, a lot of punts, um, just a lot of really bad offense. Washington State, I would actually say, probably moved the ball just generally better. Um, but it wasn't good enough, um, and they a lot of mistakes. Uh, I think they they missed a field goal at one point. Um, they yeah they threw an interception. Um, you know this was probably a game where Stanford kind of stole it a little bit, but Washington State looks like absolute asshole. Like they've they've looked terrible now for weeks. Um, 
they haven't counterpunched to what everyone is doing to them now defensively. Um, Cam Ward is looking much more like the guy we saw last year. And uh, they're very much in danger of missing a bowl game now, um, which is an insane thing to say. They were ranked. They were 4-0. and They're now 4-5. and And, like, it hasn't been a murderer's row of teams they're playing. Like, okay, they lost to U- uh, UCLA on the road. They lost to Arizona at home by 38. Yeah. They lost on the road to Oregon. They lost on the road to ASU. And now they've lost to Stanford. Looking ahead, they have to go at Cal. Right now, Cal's going to be probably favored in that game, if not like yeah, pick for them. sure. I'd favor them. Uh, Colorado at home, maybe both those teams are kind of in a similar situation where they look like ass suddenly, and then at Washington. So to get to a bowl game, they need to sweep Cal and Colorado. Mm. Yeah, I don't. That's not happening. Yeah, no, this is bad. Um, you thought they moved the ball better. Like they had 28 more yards than Stanford, 245 to 217. There were like, more. Uh, sorry, there were more like kind of semi-successful drives, like okay. where they actually like held on to it for a little while and moved it. Um, but no, neither of these teams were good by any stretch of the imagination offensively. Um, Stanford just did a better job capitalizing on its few mediocre opportunities. When you have a team that has 245 total yards, do you expect a player to get like? A 12 reception day. Lincoln Victor, 12 catches, 66 yards on 17 targets. Um, he had, So 66 total yards. 51 of them were yards after contact. Yep. This is like you dump it off and then, you know, this this is the this was the offense we saw last year. Like what happened? This we They were throwing the ball down the field. It looked like a whole different offense. And now it's kind of like back to where it was. Um, Kimmore threw this through the ball 40 times, you know, um, Washington state had how many yards rushing Four, mm-hmm. four yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Like what the hell? Both teams turned well, it over Cam, once. Cam Ward was back to taking just like gonzo sacks, like just stupid sacks. Yeah. So that, um, that doesn't help. His receivers also like, I, I'll say in fairness to him, like, you know, watching, especially the end of this game, his receivers were not making plays for him. Like, dropping a lot of balls. Yeah. It just, they looked completely out of sync. They look kind of dead in the water, to be honest. Like they don't look motivated. They look, they look like a team that is in full collapse mode. And I wouldn't be shocked if they lost out. Um, in three of the last four games, uh, Stanford has scored exactly zero points in the first half and won two of those. <laughs> so that's crazy. Beat Colorado blanked at halftime, beat Washington state blanked at halftime. Uh, this is the fewest points scored in a win for Stanford since the 1998 big game uh, where they won 10-3 to at Cal. So I'm sure you Cal fans remember that. And then the fewest points Washington's allowed in a loss since way back in 1994 when they allowed 10 points uh, versus number 14 Arizona and they lost same score 10-7. to So like this kind of stuff doesn't really happen, but it happened. It's Pac-12. We had we had the Big Ten and the Pac-12 with two teams that aren't going to be in the Big Ten. Yep. Um, so kind of crazy stuff there. Okay. Uh, this one this one stung a little bit. Uh, our number ten team only because California know. Golden Bears. We could just not go one through twelve. We could like Cal's really thirty eight. You know, <laughs> or Washington State's forty one. Arizona State's 56. Mm-hmm. But we have to go. They have to be somewhere. And 
Uh, somehow they're above two teams, but Cal is number 10. Uh, and they were uh, on the road taking on uh, our number one team, and they retained this title. Oregon Ducks. Uh, yeah. Um, you picked Cal in this game, and this is one where there's no explanation for it other than you decided that you were and going to pick Cal. 24 and a half points. Right. Uh, Oregon almost covered that by the spread. Right. But in like late second quarter, it was 14 to 13. That's correct. Uh, Oregon won 63 to 19. Cal somehow uh, in the first half uh, couldn't take advantage of Oregon throwing a pick. Also uh, a fumble return that was um, that went for a touchdown and a uh, and a missed field goal. Yeah. Um, And couldn't take advantage of that. It ended up being uh, 35-13 at halftime. That all happened in the first half, and they still couldn't take advantage to the tune of anything better than 35-13 at halftime. Uh, Again, Oregon was almost covering at halftime. Right. Right. Well, it went like at the end, it was Mm 14-13, and it went like Oregon touchdown, Oregon touchdown. Oregon touchdown. Cal gets the ball with like less than two minutes left. And it still became an Oregon touchdown. Like yeah. it was, it was bad. Like they yeah. just they could not close out the half. No, no. And then they couldn't close out the game either. Yeah. Uh, and they ended up losing by 44, 63 to nineteen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, not too much to say about this. Um. You know, I think for Cal, uh, they still have something in Fernando Mendoza. Like watching him good. play quarterback, he's he's definitely their answer. Um. I think one of the uh, answers, and this is just me spitballing here, is firing Justin Wilcox out of a cannon yeah, away from your school. You need to do that. You shouldn't be losing by 44 to anybody. Um, Cal's three and six right now. Uh, their defense is terrible. Um, Justin Wilcox maybe has the most undeserved reputation in history as a defensive guru of any sort. Um this is, I mean, has Oregon scored more than this in any game that wasn't Portland State? No. I don't think so, no. no. Actually, uh, this is the most they've scored by tw- uh, eight points. Uh, Hawaii was the other one. In conference games, it's the most by 21 over uh, Colorado and Stanford, where they scored 42. Oof. So uh, just an absolute monumental, disgusting blowout. Uh, Bo Nix was great. Uh, Ty Thompson came in and he looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, signs of life from Ty Thompson there at the end of the game. Um, yeah, I, I, I have nothing else to say about this. Uh, Cal's Cal's an abomination. Uh, they should fire their head coach. Yeah, uh, 444 passing yards for the Ducks, uh, the most allowed by Cal since back in 2014, when Washington State somehow threw for 734 yards against them. But there's a lot, a lot of. Uh, Passing yards. And, you know, when you're trying to, like, the big spreads, a lot of times it's backdoory covers, you know, because, like, oh, you take the guys out and score some points late. Like, Oregon outscored Cal 21 nothing in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was no, like, we're not going to let this. There's no sneaking back in. There's no just, like, making it a little closer than you think. Like, none of that. Like I said, it was a one-point game, you know, later in the second quarter quarter and then just Oregon just absolutely boat raced them eight trips to the red zone eight touchdowns 10 of 14 on third down 597 uh total yards so it's the third most points 
Oregon's ever had in conference play of the Pac-12 era. The last time they did put up 69 against Oregon State back in 2017. So historic a number of points for a Pac-12 game. Fourth largest margin of victory uh, in conference play for the Pac-12 era. Um, and then Tess Johnson had 12 receptions. It's the most in a game by a duck since Dylan Mitchell had 14 versus Stanford back in 2018. Just lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of big numbers. Uh, one to five start in conference play it was the worst for Justin Wilcox, uh, or tied for the worst. They were one at five in 2017 and last year. So, so here's, bad. here's it's all bad. And Cal has remaining uh, Washington State at home at Stanford at UCLA. You could see them rallying to five and seven, I think. Yeah. I think six and six would be a little bit too far. You got to sweep. Yeah, given how, uh, again, shitty they looked in this game. Like absolute shitty. Um, They were a little, I mean, they were competitive against USC. They were competitive against Oregon State. And Washington State and Stanford both are bad. Um, UCLA is its own thing that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, yeah, Justin Wilcox should be fired. Uh, anything less than a bowl game this year is an absolute catastrophe. Did, didn't we have a question about who was fired first, like Wilcox or Grinch? Yeah. Do we have that? I think we said Grinch, didn't we? Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, we got a super chat. Hey, Hugo. Still just as handsome. Maybe like uh, probably I'd say about 25% more handsome than last time he spoke to with us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say 25% more charming, 25% more intelligent, uh, 25% wiser, um, 25% more charismatic. Um, and frankly, I mean, you can start seeing the gap closing between him and Colt. Yeah. Um, from a attraction standpoint. Nice. So, well, thank you, Hugo. Thank you, Hugo. He says, looks like the Pac-12 we all know and love this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Um, as I'm on a text thread. Uh, so one of my newer writers, Connor Morissette, um, had a wedding today. Mm. So like we're at the game and he basically right after the game, like finished his story and had to leave, like didn't do interviews and stuff because he had to go get on a plane and fly to this wedding the day that the defensive coordinator is fired. Yeah. Perfect. Good timing for all that kind of stuff. So yeah, beautiful. Uh, thank you, Hugo, uh, for that. Okay. Let's go to our next game. Uh, we already talked about number eight, Stanford. We got to talk about uh, number seven, UCLA Bruins. Yeah, uh, they were taking on. This is a team that's on a meteoric rise. Number three, Arizona Wildcats. Wow. Yeah, um, UCLA got its uh, got its ass beat in this game. Uh, Arizona administered an ass beating. Yeah, the, this is something where I'm going to need to caution everybody to not look at total points as if it's an indication of the uh, measure of this game. Arizona only had eight meaningful drives in this game. They only had eight drives where they were trying to score points. In a normal game, you've got like 12, 13. Yeah. But Arizona eats clock. So uh, in eight drives, they scored 27 points. That's really good. It's not good def- defense from UCLA. You might look at it and say, oh, 27 points. That's not too bad. No, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. That would have meant, uh, you know, UCLA's offense would actually have to be competent. Now, importantly, uh, UCLA's defense, even if it had been really good, would not have been enough to win this game because UCLA's offense was hot dog shit. It was pretty bad. Hot, stinky dog shit. We talked about Arizona's defense uh, going into the game on Thursday when we recorded. 
Um, and I made the point. They're average. They're a lot better than they were last year, but they're average. Uh, this is what UCLA's offense looked like against an average defense. Um, to be fair, Arizona was flying around. Yeah. Like, they were excited. They were super pumped. Uh, you you want to know why they were pumped? Because they wanted to wear their white goddamn jerseys, and UCLA, in its infinite wisdom, told them no. What? Yeah. That's what, what was reported by uh, multiple Arizona reporters pregame. Um, usually those things, that's like a formality, a little, you know. Pete Carroll was kind of a dick about it a few times to UCLA uh, when they wanted to do um, some stuff in okay. the games. But that's the only time I've ever heard about it, and that's like rivalry stuff. Why is UCLA doing that to Arizona? Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, Arizona uh, basketball season starting maybe. Yeah, that's let that fuel them. They they won twenty seven to ten. Um, there's a lot to take from this game. Uh, first, um, I've been on my bullshit on Twitter, but uh, once again, another um, winning team that UCLA didn't beat. Uh, they're I think under Chip Kelly, they now have six wins if you count Coastal Carolina this year against teams with winning records in the entire Chip Kelly era. So again, that's almost six full seasons now. They have six total wins. It's hard to win games, man. You can't, you know. Do you know how many losses? I think it's twenty-eight now to winning programs. But um, they're winning programs. They're good yeah, teams. Yeah, it's know? hard. Uh, Got to give them time. Totally. Uh, UCLA decided to pass the ball starting this game. Um, if you've been following UCLA this year, uh, they can't uh, do that. They can't pass the ball. Mm. They try. They they fail. Um, they can't pass protect. Uh, but still, they tried to throw it. And you know what the end result was? Uh, two of UCLA's quarterbacks got hurt in this game. Uh, Ethan Garbers uh, suffered a foot injury. And then Dante Moore got his um, head you know, slammed into the ground on a, on a sack. I don't know if it was a sack or if it was a pressure. Uh, so they were down to Colin Schley, who can't throw. Um, but he can run, but he can't throw. Yeah, um, he does run well. Yeah, uh, but UCLA wasn't able to generate uh, those much-coveted, much-needed points in this game, and so they finished with 10. Uh, they missed two field goals. They changed kickers uh, from the guy who was missing all the field goals, and the new kicker missed two field goals. So the consistency was there. Yeah, <laughs> you saw a measure of consistency. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk too much about UCLA. UCLA is its own deal, um, and uh, you know Chip Kelly, uh, that whole thing is 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 not good. Arizona, uh, Arizona six and three. Arizona's bowl eligible here in three in year three for Jed Fish. You can see what um, what a trajectory looks like at the beginning of a successful tenure. Like this is what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, from year one to year two to year three. Like this is what it's actually supposed to look like. Not like some other schools where it doesn't look like that in the first three years. Um, again, I'm just talking about UCLA. It's weird. Um. Jed Fish went one and eleven year one, five and seven last year. He's now six and three. I think a easy argument they're going to finish at least eight and four. Yeah, um, they are. He's healed from the piano. He has healed from the piano. Mm -hmm. uh, Noah Fafita was awesome in this game, not entirely healed because he did bring in Jaden Delora at one point for a trick play where Jaden Delora completely screwed up the play and <laughs> threw a dirt ball across the field. Um, so that's no, no, no. He doesn't see the field anymore. Jed, stop doing it. Don't do yeah. it. Uh, but Noah Fafita was really good. He had one interception where he just looked like he misdiagnosed the coverage um, and threw it into a uh, zone. Uh, and then Arizona was also able to run the ball and, most importantly, willing to run the ball. Jed Fish has been heavily predisposed to pass, but he saw, I think, that UCLA struggles to deal with balance, as was the case against Oregon State. And he elected to run the ball and pass the ball, and they ran the ball efficiently enough 
to make UCLA account for it. And once UCLA had to account for it, there were a lot of openings and man coverage in the back end. Simple game. Uh, and, uh, you know, Tedero McMillan was awesome. Um, he had that one touchdown yeah, catch that was sicky, sicky. ridiculous. Yeah, uh, and Fafita put it right in the right place, and then McMillan came down with it um, and just barely had his foot in when he was uh, cradling the ball. Uh, it was awesome. They had to overturn uh, the call on the field to make that happen. Um, yeah. And ta- Tanner McLaughlin was also really good at tight end. Um, he caught some tough, tough catches. Uh, and sustained a huge hit at one point from Kenny Churchwell um, and held on to the ball. But uh, miserable game for UCLA. Great game for Arizona. Um, you know, I think the Wildcats are in great, great shape to uh, finish the year very strong. And I'm just going to bring this up. They're still alive for the Pac-12 title. Like, there is a live scenario where they end up in the Pac-12 championship game. I mean, they should have beat USC. Yeah, but, like, even as it is right now. Right there is a live scenario where they end up in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, I think we kind of like woke up when they went on the road to Washington State. We weren't sure like, wow, Washington State's that bad. It was a, kind of a case of Washington State is pretty bad, but Arizona's really good or they're, they're playing a lot better. And uh, man, they look great. Um, UCLA likes to run the ball. Arizona's defense held them to 114 uh, rushing yards. Um, you know, UCLA only had 271 rushing yards. They didn't turn the ball over. They just couldn't. Score. They had four trips to the red zone, only got one touchdown and one field goal. Like you said, missed a couple field goals. Um, For limited drives, 429 yards is not bad uh, for Arizona. They're bowl eligible. um, First time since 2017. So uh, really happy for uh, Jed Fish with, you know, mostly recovered from the piano falling on his head. Mostly. Mostly. Um, First Pac-12 team to beat three, uh, to win three straight games against AP-ranked opponents, and Stanford did that in uh, 2015. And it could have been more if, if they won that USC game. Uh, they're bowl eligible for the first time, like I mentioned. It was the longest bowl drought in the Pac-12. And they haven't allowed a team to run for more than 150 yards all season. So uh, that's pretty impressive as well. And, you know, they played Washington, and uh, Penix didn't throw a touchdown pass. They ran the ball pretty well, but they still didn't get over 150 yards against uh, Arizona. So they're doing some really good things. Um, yeah, it's the second time this season UCLA scored 10 points or fewer. Uh, that's is not, that good? No, that's not good. But certainly um, it's because their head coach is like a defensive guru of some sort, right? And he just <laughs> eschews the, uh, the offensive no, side Chip of the Kelly football. Chip Kelly is more of an offensive guy, if you don't huh. know. Yeah. Huh. Um, so, but like, okay, it's so, the first right. time he's uh, ever been held for ten points or fewer but hang or twice on. in the same season. But hang on, um, he's got to at least be like trying to play to their strengths, right? Like, is he running the ball significantly more <laughs> than passing it? Uh, no, no. You're you're saying there's like a perceived like fifty fifty balance. That's well, that's stupid. You know uh, how bad it looked when Garbers went out. So it's you felt like UCLA could maybe like cobble together something, and then mm-hmm. Garbers goes down. And you're like, uh oh. Okay, so sometimes you see the backup quarterback come in and it's just like sparks. Mm-hmm. That was not the case. No, no. It well, was bad, bad, They continued bad. to call a bunch of drop back passes against a team that is absolutely teeing off on your quarterback. Yeah. Just teeing off. And uh, your left tackle can't block a soul. Your right tackle is not a whole lot better. And your interior kind of sucks too. Um, when you're really bad at pass protection and okay at run blocking and you've got some big backs who can uh, muscle their way for four yards, five yards of pop, 
Yeah, no, certainly. Just keep throwing the ball. Keep throwing the ball to everyone, to a bunch of guys that anybody watching spring would have designated as your second string receivers, but for whatever reason are playing above guys like, hey, remember J. Michael Sturdivant? You remember how many uh, balls he caught last year for Cal? Okay, first, I'm going to ask everyone. Do you remember what Cal's offense looked like last year? Yeah. Do you remember why they had to fire Bill Musgrave and bring in Jake Spavital? Do you remember? It was bad. Because J. Michael Sturdivant in that offense had 65 catches for 755 yards and seven touchdowns. That's pretty good in a bad offense. Yeah. You know what he's done this year at UCLA? 27 catches for 424 yards. Mm. Nine games. That's that's through nine games. That's not good. He'd He'd have to really explode to even equal Cal's numbers from last year. Uh, but they're busy, you know, they're playing walk-ons ahead of him. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, we think UCLA's defense has been really good at times. I don't think they were great in this game. Arizona's just like, they wanted this one more. Like, this was... Yeah, well, they, they they played with fire. They played with dedication. They played with focus. Um, they, 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 they had a game plan on both sides of the ball that made sense. Yeah. Um, and UCLA didn't. You know, UCLA, again, just looked completely out of sorts. And, you know, defensively, I mean, I think it's Dan Lynn. I think this when they give up a ton of yards is actually a greater indication of what kind of coordinator he is, like in terms of his overall very good quality than when they don't. Because when they give up a bunch of yards, you suddenly see all of the personnel issues that he's masking with good coordinating. Like when teams give him a one dimensional offense to deal with, it's lights out. Like, you're not going to be able to handle it. It's just when he has to play a team straight up, you're going to see personnel deficiencies. You're going to see that the secondary is not stacked with guys. Yeah. And that's what happened in this game. I, I was, it started uh, when I was still covering, I think, USC Washington. And I see, like, we have a Colin Schley sighting. And I was like, oh, that's probably good, right? They're probably driving and they need to bring him in for. It was like on the first drive and they go three and out on it. Yeah. What it, was that? Like, so <laughs> Ethan Garbers goes out, throws a pass. Uh, for four yards. Then Colin Schley comes in, uh, and it's a designed pass play. Designed. And he can't throw. Uh, <laughs> and that's the that's the read on him. And it's like Chip Kelly really wanted to set it up right then. Um, and so he did that. Then Schley comes right back out, and Garbers comes in and throws incomplete as well. It's like, you're trying to start a rhythm at the beginning of the game. What are you doing? You're literally pulling your quarterback after a single play. Stupid. that's what it is it's stupid um uh, matthew sent in the survival pool results so we'll check those after we finish our recap thank you matthew for that all right next up we got number six usc trojan and they were hosting number two washington huskies (laughs) just sad I mean, again, I'm just sad. This game um, got Alex Grinch fired. Well, because here's the thing. So last week we talked about it, right? We both got this one right, by the way. Right. But last week we talked about I, it, I've right? been really good picking USC lately. Just pick against USC. At all times. They haven't covered a spread since September. Okay. But here's the thing. Yeah. And this is why I think the Alex Grinch uh, firing is uh, unjustifiable. Unjustifiable, yeah. Last week they gave up 28 to Cal in the first half and then 21 in the second half. And I made the point that he uh, he he brought it down to 75% of the first half total. Do you know how much better it was in this game? It was 35 points in the first half, and then he got it down to 17 in the second half. Wow. That's less than half. That's pretty... Think about, like, so the next game against Oregon, 
they might have scored 42 in the first half, but then it would have only been like 7 to 14 in the second half if trends continued. Yeah, that would that would be okay, right? So all I'm saying is I think this is ridiculous. Um this was really fun. Uh it wasn't it, was fun it wasn't I think necessarily football. Uh yeah. more of a basketball game. Remember last week like the feature game was Utah, Oregon, and that was not fun at all. Like this was at least fun. This one went. Uh, let me just read the first half to you. <laughs> touchdown, touchdown, punt, punt. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Fumble, touchdown. End of half. And then let's start with the second half. Interception, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Field goal, th- punt, touchdown. Downs. End of game. Yeah. Uh, Washington uh, was held to a non-score on um, two drives. One one drive. To a non-score. Oh, sorry. And the interception. Two drives. Yeah, two yeah, drives. Two drives. Um, they were held to non-touchdowns among their scoring drives on one drive. They were held to one field goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't... <laughs> uh, there was there was a funny sequence uh, for me on Twitter when uh, USC called a timeout on a third and nine with uh, about 13 minutes to go. Um, no. where uh, uh, Washington was in scoring range and they were calling a defensive timeout in a game that was then 42-42, which is, and this is important, this is very important because throughout the results, very stupid, extremely stupid because you're thinking at that point this is going to be back and forth, back and forth. Whoever has the ball last is going to win the game unless you can somehow eke your way into being the one with the ball last by... Using timeouts. Now, it didn't turn out that way, but let's not be results-oriented. Extremely stupid to use defensive timeouts. Extremely stupid. I think that what the case was is they... I mean, but they line up wrong all the time. Yeah, they didn't have enough defensive backs on the field. On the one... (laughs) No, they didn't. Uh, That was was why there was like two receivers and one... Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, sure. But But, you don't call... Yeah. But you don't call timeout. um, Get a penalty. Do do anything like go uh, touch a guy like do five yards doesn't matter. Uh, your timeouts matter because, uh, again, it was third and nine. Like you're either going to get a stop or you're not. But the five yards against this Washington offense isn't really going to matter. Uh, they do get the stop and they and Washington kicks the field goal, which ended up being decisive because USC didn't score again. Um, there was a lot. I mean, look, uh, Caleb Williams, I thought, played a great game. Uh, he had the one fumble that looked like vintage Dorian Thompson Robinson, but aside from that, he was pretty much lights out. Um, he did, did he did that spin cycle one once that was just like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and Washington's defensive line, I don't think they got the memo on what you're supposed to do to Caleb Williams, which is like once you get close to him, stop running, stop right then, and just kind of stand there like this. <laughs> <laughs> and wait for him to do something. Um, they kept trying to half tackle him. That's what I call it when they're like lunging yeah. from like five yards away and then just getting hands on him. It's like, do you not understand what this guy's core strength is like? Because he's not going to fall down with that. Like you're going to have to you have to full body hit him and then jump on him and then get another guy jumping on him, which is a lot for a guy who's like, what is he? Six, one, six, two. Like Caleb Williams isn't a big dude. No, he's not huge. But he's just uh he's got that kind of core strength. Anyway, um Washington's defensive line, I thought uh they got some pressure. They just couldn't consistently get to him. Uh but Caleb Williams played a vintage Caleb Williams game, and it wasn't enough because um <laughs> because of Alex Grinch's defense. Um uh pains you to say it. It pains me to say it. Uh 
Michael Penix, uh, aside from one tipped ball interception where Eric Gentry made an incredible play to tip the ball, and then it was great awareness from whoever the DB was to pick it off. Uh, uh, Christian Roll Wallace. Yeah, in the end zone. Um, for a corner to come off his coverage like that and make that play was pretty incredible. Um, aside from that, he was uh, pretty much perfect in this game. Uh, he was awesome. Uh, but the, the run game was... <laughs> I think the run game alone is what got Alex Grinch fired. Yeah. Like Dylan Johnson had 26 carries. So you'd think he had a pretty good day, me talking about this, right? Like six yards a carry, right? Like something like 130, 140 yards. He had 256 yards. <laughs> Usually when you see a guy average almost 10 yards a carry, it's because he only carried the ball like eight times. Right. No, he had 26 carries uh, for uh, four touchdowns, uh, 256 yards. It seemed like every time he touched the ball, uh, it went for – it went for Big. that full ten or yeah. or more. Um, it was nuts. It was his, his it yards was, before contact. There was one service that said one ninety nine yards <laughs> before contact. So meaning, but I think Pro Football Focus said it was like one twenty nine. But was getting it was about five yards per carry before being contacted was the average. That's not good. No, uh, and, that, and again, like you said, this is on twenty six carries. This is not on like eight carry. Oh no, this was most of the time he just wasn't touched for a while. And then he would break tackles and stuff after that. But his his previous high was a hundred yards rushing and two touchdowns. He went for two fifty six and four touchdowns. Yeah, and so um, USC had to punt right uh, after their um, after the field goal drive. Uh, they punted on fourth and twenty five from the Washington forty two. Kind of a very tough spot. Caleb Williams did take a couple of bad sacks in this one. I will say that he kind of. I think he. He kind of gets that confidence where he's like, I can I can shake off any pass rush yeah. and doesn't just eat a sack when he probably should. He probably should have ate a sack on third and 13. But anyway, uh, fourth and 25 from the 42, they punt. And then you're thinking, okay, they've got Washington backed up. If ever Alex Grinch is going to step up and really call some dynamic stuff. <laughs> um, and then on literally the first play from scrimmage, Dylan Johnson goes for 53 yards. It was a super trick play. They <laughs> tossed it to the right. And untouched. It was one of those games where you didn't see the TV broadcast, but the TV broadcaster, at one point, Washington does like a trick play or something. Uh, there was some goofy stuff they did. I think it was in the first half. And the, the TV broadcaster is like, why are you doing a trick play in this game? Yeah. Like, you're getting 10 yards no matter what you do. Yes. Why are you calling a trick play ever? Um, but yeah, that, that trick play of, of tossing it out to the running back uh, <laughs> went for 53 yards. And that was, that was to me, the play that ended the game. Yeah, because like, you were backed up. It was like at the nine-yard yeah, line. And, and once that happened, Washington was going to score again. Uh, and they were also going to eat some clock. And that's what happened. And uh, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Yeah, that was a crazy, that was a crazy one. Um, you know, when you have an opportunity to get a stop, you don't. I don't, you like some of the advanced stats. Mm-hmm. Our buddy RJ. I mean, there's some crazy ones in this one. And I haven't seen his, I don't think he's done the column yet, but he follows along. One of the, the, the advanced stats you do is because, you know, some games, Arizona, they don't get that many drives. What is your points per drive? Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, for real drives. So Washington in this had 10 drives, mm-hmm. real drives. They had to kneel down at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, a math guy. Okay. So with the, the good thing is it's 10, so it's like, you know, it's a good one to like sort of do any division with. Uh, they scored 52 points mm-hmm. on 10 drives. Mm. So if you're going to get like when you're above like two points per drive, like 
that's usually not great, right? Like you're. So I'm doing my decimal work. So that means yeah. they only gave up like uh, half a point per drive. Is that right? I think you have to move the decimal. Oh, shit. <laughs> One more. Oh, spot. right. Five, <laughs> two points, <laughs> but over five points per drive. So every time you get the ball, it's better than a field goal. Like that's horrible, obviously. Like a field goal per drive is horrible. Five points per drive is just shy of a touchdown without the extra point. Yeah. That's what uh, Washington was able to do. Um, 52 points allowed. So Washington USC has played. Do you want to know how many uh, Washington averages? How many they average? Points per drive? Yeah. They average 3.62. That's still really high. That's very high. They're a very good offense. And USC made them look that much better. So much better. <laughs> but this team, they, they played each other 86 times. The most Washington has ever scored against USC to the, before this game was 34, which I thought when I we got this in the press box, I'm like, they've been playing forever. There's no way Washington never scored more than 34 points. Like Warren, Mo- like uh, no, 34 points in 1960. That's the most Washington's it, ever scored. It is a historically terrible defense. So 35 points in the first half. Um, so they beat that in the first half, which that's a ridiculous number. Like I don't know how Washington's never scored more than that against USC, but. Whatever. Um, so that was pretty crazy. Uh, a lot of the most since points, uh, yards, rushing yards, all f- um, since 2021 when USC's defense was really, really bad after Clay Helton got uh, fired. So 20 like real drives, 13 touchdowns, one field goal, three punts, two turnovers, and one turnover on downs. Um, yeah. And uh, 63 points uh, in the first half was the most – in a half between two ranked teams uh, in the Pac-12 since 2000 when UCLA and Oregon State had 65 combined. But the numbers were just like, just ridiculous, just as far as like, oh, what the, the worst this has ever been, the worst that's ever been. Um, USC's given up 34 points or more, six straight games. Like shit, stuff that just never happened um, is happening. So... Yeah, and Caleb Williams, although it's great, they ran a really fun flea flicker um, with uh, Zachariah Branch kind of like switching directions. It was I've never seen one like that where he kind of takes the handoff in front of him, runs backwards, and like sort of nonchalantly pitches it back to Caleb Williams, who Caleb Williams was just kind of looking like, oh, whatever. And then he like perks up, takes the ball, and then hucks it to Taj Washington. That was one of the coolest play designs I can remember. It was really cool looking. Yeah, that'd be, uh, you know. That's a really good offensive coordinator you got there. Taj Washington was great. Uh, Austin Jones, because uh, Marshall uh, Marshawn Lloyd was out for this one. Austin Jones comes in, uh, 127 yards. Um, Raleigh Brown hadn't played since the beginning of the year. He was going to redshirt. They bring him back. His first touch is a touchdown. Uh, love the TCU transfer, Darwin Barlow. Never see him. He comes in, runs for like 44 yards and a touchdown in his first two carries. Um, yeah, they had some... There's just a lot of offense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, only a couple turnovers. Washington was 7-10 and 10 on third down and one of one on fourth down. Uh, Michael Penix's throw to Polk, I believe it was, on third and 18, they scored a touchdown. Was crazy good. Like, he was going to be sacked, run to the left sideline. You know, he's lefty. And uh, three USC defenders in the end zone. No one makes a play. Touchdown. And then Caleb Williams on like a fourth and one, he's throwing, like he's rolling out, getting away, and throws a great great ball to uh, 
Brendan Rice for a touchdown. Just the, the quarterbacks showed like why they're really good. Uh, but the run games were were great for both sides too. Not a lot of defense. Yep. All right. Um, but it was a fun game. Let's see. Okay, so we did. Um, oh, we haven't talked about this one. Oh no, we did. Did already. we skip Colorado? Oh, I think we did. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about Utah, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we didn't get our number nine team. Colorado Buffalo. And uh, they were hosting our number four team. Oregon State Beavers. We backdoored this one uh, pretty good. Uh, this was... Yeah, twenty to three in the third quarter. Um, Oregon State uh, had, I would say, they became twenty to five. Yeah, I'll call Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting to that. Uh, Oregon State, I would say their offense has been methodical in this game. It was very like just kind of, we're going to get down the field eventually on one of these drives. It'll be fine. Um, They weren't. They weren't great. I mean, DJU I thought was pretty inaccurate, and then would hit a big throw. Pretty inaccurate would hit a big throw. Um and their run game kind of the, you know, they 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 leaned on it more in this game. Um but I don't know how much that was just having a big lead. Anyway, it was 20 to 3. They go up on the touchdown and then uh Colorado does one of the most fun things in football, <laughs> which is they returned a two-point conversion attempt for a touchdown. Which should tell you, Jonathan Smith, why are you going for two there? Right? Just kick the kick the extra point, buddy. Uh, but he went for two, and uh, and uh, Colorado rewarded him by making the score a very fun twenty to five. Um, <laughs> that was important for me because I was like thinking about it. I'm like twenty one to three. That's going to be tough to like get into cover range. because yes. Oregon State's going to score again, but twenty to five, I can talk myself into fifteen, and uh, that's what ended up happening. Uh, it seemed like Deion Sanders knew the number, and he was more focused on that than actually winning this game. Remember that happened last week too. Yeah, their their clock management at the end did not speak to a team that was actually trying to win the game, but trying to cover. Um, and also like um, a lot of empty calories in terms of the yards. Uh, for most of this game, Colorado wasn't able to do shit offensively. Um, which they fired Sean Lewis. I won't say fired. They demoted Sean Lewis before the game, um, which I think is insane. Um, he's a pretty good offensive mind yeah this thing that was a really um, weird call. Your, your issue was uh, identified correctly uh by yourself dion after the ucla game which was your offensive line is booty and without a good offensive line you can't really run the ball and you also can't really protect the passer and if you can't do both those things you can't offense but somehow sean lewis was still making it so you could offense occasionally this game they really did an offense uh until the game was basically over and oregon state was like okay fine you want to score some points go ahead we don't really care about covering uh, and that's really what this game was. Uh, it finished twenty six to nineteen. It wasn't like that's not a reflection of the 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 the, the tempo of this game, the back no. and forth nature. Uh, Colorado scored a bunch of games, bunch of points in the game is already over. Fourteen points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. they scored. Colorado scored zero in the first, three in the second, two in the third. <laughs> so this is baseball-y. And then I put up a c- couple crooked numbers there in those middle innings, and then uh, fourteen points in the in the fourth quarter, um, minus seven rushing yards. Mm. Mm. So that That's, wasn't fixed. That was apparently not strange. Uh, Oregon State did turn over a couple of times. You know what's weird? So DJU uh, was twelve of twenty four. Um, all twelve of his completions 
went at least 10 yards. Yeah, it was very Every boomer bust. It was yeah. very boomer bust. Every single completion was 10 yards yeah. or more. Like, pretty crazy. He was 18.6 yards per completion. Um, yeah, it's the best uh, nine-game start for Oregon State since uh, 2012. Um, you know, Colorado's now lost five of their last six games after starting 3-0, and so similar like Washington State. All right, so here's Colorado Bull Watch. Let's do that right now. Okay. All right, so right now they have to play Arizona at home. So right now, Colorado's four and five. Yes. They have to play Arizona at home. One and five in conference, yeah. They have to play Arizona at home. They have to go on the road to Washington State and on the road to Utah. So their path is Arizona and Washington State somehow sweeping that. Which is going to be tough, the way Arizona's playing. Yeah, they can absolutely beat Washington State. That's a battle of uh, two teams that are uh, both. That's a team you definitely want to play right now. Yeah, both in a struggle fest. Uh, but five and seven looks like the uh, end result here. It does, which still is a big improvement. Yeah, I think but, it, I think I think because of the way the season went, it feels disappointing. But I think yeah. you would have to take a step back as a Colorado fan and say, okay, that's pretty good. You're like three and zero and ranked. Yeah, and now you're four and five, yep. uh, and that's not good. And I think you know you give Deion Sanders a ton of credit for what he's been able to do. But there have been some, you know, I think there's been some missteps. Um, I still like, think he's great like for firing his offensive coordinator. I, I think that was probably a little bit overblown. Like, what do you do well? Like, you kind of offense well a lot of times. Um, now, Shador gets sacked a lot. But it seemed like what he was doing was, you know, there's some moments there for, you know, an offensive line that the offense wasn't bad for a with a bad offensive line, I would say. And it just seemed like that was maybe, I don't know, it, the energy there may be misplaced. Yep. But, yeah, we'll see uh, where they go. But Oregon State's, Really good bounce back. Um, you know, that that loss at Washington State's got to be a head scratcher. Uh, it's just one of those things like, what? Like, how does how was that? But outside of that, like, they've been good. I mean, they're still alive too, right? Yeah, um, they're still alive. Um, so right now, here's what Oregon State has left. They've got Stanford at home. Yeah, so. But then they have Washington and at Oregon. Right. So you have. If they sweep through, yeah, they're alive. Yes. Um, but. They'd have to sweep. You through. have to sweep through, and you still have Washington and Oregon, the two yeah. best teams there. But you get Stanford. Um, you know, you get Washington coming into Corvallis, and we've seen Washington kind of struggle with different teams. You know, they. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and you know, but Oregon State doesn't have to leave the state of Oregon for the rest of the way. They got a shot, but man, you, that's that. You want that one back. You want that Washington State game back. Yeah. Um, you just happened to catch them when they were playing well, and they just haven't been playing well. Um, okay, real quick, let's. Uh, Matthew sent in his survival pool. Um, so he said there's a non-pool comment. Uh, what's with the so-called Matthew keeps on making comments the past few weeks on the live show? Does he run the survival pool? Maybe he's been sending you super chats. Show some respect. There can only be one. Okay. Okay, is there another Matthew? I don't know. Uh, maybe there was. Okay. 355 people entered the start of the 2023 college football season. Uh, 28 were alive for week 10. Guess how many survived? Four. Wow. Only four. Wow. You took too long. We don't wait here. Um, So three people picked Oregon and one person picked Oregon State. Of the losers, 22 took Washington State along with David David Woods. And one person had Arizona State. And one person didn't have a pick in. 
Dude. Uh, no duplicate picks, at least. So every single person who had not yet taken Washington State took them. Oops. Or whoops. Uh, so of the four remaining players, nobody has taken Stanford. One still has Cal. One still has Arizona State. And two have Arizona. So the question is, will anyone take a gamble on Stanford against Oregon State and try to get separation? Um, yeah. yeah. Pretty Stan- incredible. Stanford's three and six. Uh, so I've I've uh, attended six Stanford games this year. Can you get, guess which six? So I think he's gone to all six losses is what Matthew was saying. So Beautiful. Thank you, Matthew, for that. All Good right. Stuff. Should we get some questions? Yeah, let's get, we'll take a break and we'll get some questions. Back in a minute, everyone. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. All right, we're back here on the podcast of champions. Um, I have not looked at emails yet. You may play one of the voicemails. Sure. Okay, I'll play one. I don't even know what it is. We'll just play it. Hey guys, this is uh, Dylan from Albuquerque. Um, you know, USC fan, as you probably know by now. And I know this isn't really a serious podcast, but I got a serious question. I mean, you watch that game right there, and. Everyone's going to give praise to Washington because they want to shoot out. Um, you know, they kept their playoff hopes alive. Um, but my thing is they're kind of a glorified USC. Their defense is terrible, too. And you saw the last couple of weeks against Stanford, um, you know, against ASU. And so I just want to know why Washington doesn't get the same criticism with that defense. And even if they do make the playoffs, they'll get smoked just like USC would, you know. Their defense can't stop anything. Uh, appreciate appreciate what you guys do. Um, just let me know what you think of that Washington defense. You know, if they do keep winning going forward and make the playoffs uh, and face like a Georgia or someone like that. Thanks. Great question, Dylan. Um, so I, I do want to uh, earmuffs, Alex. Okay, I, I know you're listening, um, but don't listen to this. There's a difference between uh, terrible, god awful, horrible, dog shit defense that USC has and the like, eh, it's their uh, defense that Washington has. Um, Washington's defense, is it national title caliber? Probably not. Is it uh, win the Pac 12 caliber? Yeah, it could do it. Um, it's not good. A really good offense like USC's can score points on it, um, and they did. 
but it's you know it held Oregon to what thirty three. Um, it's 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 competent. Um, right now it's rated the thirty some odd defense in the nation on the SP plus and points per drive. It's thirty second. That all feels about right. Like they're not yeah. dominant by any stretch of the imagination. This isn't one of those Jimmy Lake defenses that was like top ten. Uh, it's fine. It's not great. It's probably something that would hold you back from, you know, again, truly competing for a national title. But um, it doesn't need to be great. It just needs to be competent. This is actually the model of a defense for Lincoln Riley. Like, you can win with that offense if your defense is about this level. Yeah. You can't win with that offense if your defense is a god-awful, fiery (laughs) bag of shit, which is what Alex Grinch threw out there. Like, just for context, Alex Grinch, uh, the the USC defense uh, heading into that game was... 71st in defensive SP plus. I think it's now 87th. Uh, so that's again like about 50 spots behind where Washington's is. Yeah. Uh, in points per drive, um, they were giving up uh, 2.36 per drive. Uh, so that's 79th in the country. Can't win with that. Can't do it. Um, so just it's a difference of tier. Um, and what you saw, I think, in that game was USC playing offense the way it can when it's playing really well. And when it was playing really well, it can score 42 points on a competent enough defense. Not an elite defense, but a competent enough defense. That's really what you saw. I would say, yeah. And um, I think Washington's been actually pretty good in the red zone. Now, they weren't – the USC had four red zone trips, scored four touchdowns. So, not there. But I feel like they've been a little more bend but don't breaky, not giving up as many explosive plays as USC. Um, You look at the big play – Big play chart for this game, David. Uh, Washington had seven plays go for 20 yards or more uh, in this one. But big passing games, big passing plays, which are 15 yards or more, Washington had nine of them for 179 yards. Big rushes of 10 yards or more, Washington had nine of those for 216 total yards. USC had only six uh, 15-plus passing plays for 182. They had 11 Gay, rushing yards, uh, rushing gains of 10 yards or more for 193 yards. Yeah, I thought Washington did a really bad job of stopping the run. USC's best running back was out. Um, and like Darwin Barlow comes in and goes crazy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I get it, but Washington's undefeated and that helps, you know. Yeah, they've got a med- they've got a bad rushing defense, they've got a pretty good passing defense, but one thing they're good at, and you cited it. They prevent explosive plays. Yeah. So you got to drive down the field on them. And most offenses, if you make them drive down the field, they're going to make some mistakes. Now, USC did. Um, and the first punt USC had, it was a third down that um, Deuce Robinson had a ball in his hands and he dropped it. Like, yeah. So, you know, you need stuff like that to happen. But I felt like Washington was doing it like against like a regular offense. They would have a better effort. Um, it's just USC's offense was really good and they weren't really getting many stops there. But, yep. Okay. Um, which is our first email, do you think? I think it's from uh, Philip from Pullman, Alex Grinch Sympathy. Okay. Hello, yeah. Ryan and Dave. I bet I'm the only person that exists who feels kind of bad for Alex Grinch. Do you think his pro performances are maybe due to the stress and immense pressure USC puts on its coaches to win at a high level? I remember him coaching the Washington State Cougar defense back in 2015 to 2017, led by Hercules Mata'afa and Peyton Pulier which was a really impressive defense that was a bad defense before he arrived. Do you think the guy just needs to take a step back and be in a place where there's not as much pressure to win and then work his way back up the ranks like what Kiffin and Sarkeesian did after being fired? I think the guy is capable of being decent at least. Thoughts? Um, 
It's an interesting question, Philip. I had the same thought about Grinch uh, when he was with Washington State. I thought he coached a lot of really good defenses. Um, I think some guys find their level, and maybe they should stay there. Um, I think kind of running that undersized scheme at Washington State, married to that air raid, um, and I I don't know. I, I don't know how much of an influence – I mean, earmuffs USC fan. I don't know how much of an influence Lincoln Riley has on his defenses and what – you know, going up against that offensive scheme in practice does to you and how it impacts the quality of a defense you can have. Um, but it's not, it can't be that dissimilar from Mike Leach's air raid. Right. And that Washington State defense was pretty good. Um, so I don't really have a great explanation for it. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's something where he does better when he's got less talent to work with i don't know i mean there could be a lot of reasons he could have had better uh position coaches working under him there could have been a lot of different things that made that work yeah it's tough because you succeeded at a certain level and then you're gonna get promoted he ended up going to ohio state and then he went to oklahoma and now he's at usc and you know that i don't think any of the places were great defenses now i think they got better in year two everywhere except usc um so yeah i don't know I'm, yeah, I'm sure he'll get a job somewhere, but I I have limited sympathy. I mean, I mean, on a human level, I've got sympathy. Um, but like, I, this is what you're paid to do. You're paid to you get paid uh, very well. You're paid well, seven figures. It's not even just like this. you're paid very well to succeed. You're paid very well to get fired. Like you're paid like it's like CEO compensation. Like you never feel bad about one of those suckers getting ousted because they're getting paid a shitload of money. Yeah. Like, okay, go go fuck off on vacation for three years. You can do that. You can afford it. Um, so I've got limited sympathy. It always sucks to see somebody fail at something they're trying to be good at, and I'm sure he was trying to be good. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's part of the, like, um, it, it, it's, it's all part of the same thing. It's all yeah. part of the same entity. Like, being fired, being, like, talked about as if you're, like, an absolute piece of shit – it's part of what you sign up for when you are being, uh, you know, when you're going into these positions. It's part of why they have to pay people so much money to do it because you're like the center of this like id of like, um, you know, tens of thousands of people who like shovel all of their irrationality into un- like paying attention to this thing. Yes. And so you you got to know that going in. So you got to either have a thick skin or you got to get out of it. And, um, you know, he's been doing it a while now, so I'm sure he's got a thicker skin than you can imagine. I would think so. All right. This is from Will. Now, this came yesterday. So he says they did it, but it's not what you think because he didn't know the news at the time. He says, by God, they did it. All week, USC pundits were speculating how badly Penix and Aduze would torch this defense. But I'm really proud of how this Grinch defense stepped up to the plate. The stats say it all. Under 300 yards passing for this quote potent Washington offense and under 100 yards for their leading receiver. Uh, I didn't pay much attention to Washington's rushing yards because everyone knows they don't run the ball. I'm just happy they instead of that instead of seeing a bunch of two play 10 second 75 yard touchdown drives, I got to see a bunch of 10 play <laughs> 2 to 5 minute 75 yard touchdown drives. At the end of the day, the more time you get to see Alex Grinch call defensive plays the better. And I'm glad we all got that opportunity tonight. Best from Will. So it sounds like Will is probably in mourning along with me today. He, I think he certainly yeah, is. Because um, he would like to see that. You don't more. get to see any more Alex Grinch uh, no. defensive play calls. Uh, Can you imagine if they go to like Oregon and like slow them down and <laughs> like very uh, packed well? I'm not go- sure what would be funnier. 
I'm not sure if it would be like holding Oregon to like 24 points. Nothing would or, make USC fans more mad. You're like, all you did was fire the guy and you promoted Taylor Mays to be the safeties coach. Like, I think Lincoln Riley has to almost hope for a loss. Yes, he's got to like look, where they look bad. Like, give up a hundred points, please. <laughs> like, he he needs that because if they win or they like do pretty well on defense, everyone's gonna be like. Are you fucking you kidding the, me? We sacrificed the, the season for this shit? You saw the Cotton Bowl last year. Like, you gave up a shitload of points to Tulane. Yeah, okay. that's You've you've convinced me that would be the far funnier result. Way funnier. Hold, hold Oregon to, like, 24 points. That would be so funny. Um, all right. Next up, we've got uh, Brian. Lincoln being angry in the press conference. Ryan and Dave. I just saw a tweet that Lincoln was asked in his presser why U- why USC chose to run on its end of drive game. Be- reportedly, he looked very angry at this question. How angry do you think he'd have been if he had been asked that much better question of why did you only hand the ball off five times in the second half when your running back was averaging 11 yards per carry? How are these guys paid so much money to be so stupid? Go Beavs and fight on. Thanks. No, so that I don't know who that reporter is, but he's like a student, like a grad student that I don't know, but he asked kind of two sort of unprofessional questions like two weeks in a row, and uh, it was what was the question? He it was he was trying he was like he started talking about himself like I'm not the smartest guy and like it, it just it it was like a joke Con- condescending and like yeah it, it didn't land well but he was trying to say why did you run when you were trying to come back you're down ten why did you call a run play and it was hard to understand and then Riley was like well we were averaging like eleven yards a carry but. Yes, they their last drive didn't look like they were super interested in like getting the ball down the field. They were short passes and whatever, but that just seemed kind of dumb. They needed to run the ball more in the second half because they were getting a lot of success. Um, but that was I wouldn't um, blame Riley on this one. It's it was two weeks in a row, kind of this unprofessional question. I forget what the one the week before was, but it was kind of bad too. But they really should run the ball more. Like they should have. Yeah. Like Austin Jones had eleven carries for one hundred and twenty-seven yards. Yeah. Um, and. Like, Darwin Barlow had like two carries for 45 or something like my general feeling on it is if if you're averaging more than 10 yards per carry uh you need to be carrying the ball more yeah like Barlow ended with two carries you should bring those numbers down like the average numbers need to come down total numbers need to go up yeah Barlow had two carries 44 yards so he had a 43 first time he touched the ball 43 yards and then he punches it in the next and then he never saw the ball again yeah but it's hard to be like well the offense scored plenty of points to win this game. Like, you you can't be perfect. Like Lincoln Riley talked about, they got a holding call that called a touchdown back. Which, yeah, that's true. But forty two points, like you should. Yeah, but 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 you got to know. This is this is my argument with UCLA last year. You got to know what you are. You are an elite offense and a shit tier defense. Yeah, like absolute dog shit defense. You got to know your number going into the game. Is forty two enough? Is it going to be enough against Washington? Probably not. It wasn't yeah. enough against fucking Cal. Yeah. So you got to you got to have a perfect offensive game, and a perfect offensive game would have included run the ball more, running yeah. the ball more, hold on to the ball more, like keep the ball out of their hands a little bit more, force them into a failure rate of one and eight instead of one and whatever it ended up being, twelve. <laughs> so bad. Um, you know, just th- this stuff is you can't give them a pass just because the total number of points was good. Yeah, I mean, but I thought the offense in general was good. Like Caleb Williams is really good. He's like just ridiculous. Um, okay, let's do a voicemail. Hey there, John and Yoko. It's that guy again, down in St. Louis. Wow, the Trojans really couldn't wrap up that Phoenix. My goodness, P 
Phoenix really showed off those trademark long balls. You know, the Huskies look like they were just playing fast and loose out there. The dogs are just playing raw, you know. I guess you could say Phoenix and the boys were raw-dogging it, and they really made a mess of the Trojan defense. Hmm. At the end of the day, Phoenix fought long and hard, and it resulted in a happy ending. Just magical. Kudos to them. All right, wait. Got one more in here. I did that one. Oh, yep, here it is. Phoenix. <laughs> anyway, so, Dave, as I'm sure you remember, it was eight years ago that Jim Moore and the Bruins handed a downtrodden Trojans team a miraculous 40-21 to 21 victory, leading to the instatement of Clay Helton as permanent head football coach and a goddamn ice age of misery for my fellow alumni. My question is, what sort of crazy fix are your Bruins going to throw this year that causes Alex Grinch to stay on the USC staff? Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Not even the CAA could pull that shit off. All right. I'll let you get back to begging for a super chats. Alan and St. Louis. Thanks, Alan. Thank you, Alan. We haven't had a super chat for a while, by the way. Yeah. Uh, great, great voicemail. Um, I wish the possibility remained, but it doesn't. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we got some, I think this one too. Uh, Brian, is his email was extend Alex Grinch. One, as a Ute fan, I would like to personally thank both of you for picking ASU to cover this week. Last week, you picked Utah to cover against Oregon, and Utah got their the ass-whooping of the decade. <laughs> This week, you picked ASU against Utah, and they didn't even get 100 yards. And the ASU fans are still whining about Utah's last touchdown. So, uh, thanks, Lynn. Uh, thank you to the guy without the beard. And please pick Washington this week to cover. Uh, okay. And then, two, I'd like to make my bid to be your Big 12 correspondent next year. In the spirit of this podcast, I will do zero work, barely watch the games, and pick every game wrong. But I will promise to watch five minutes of one spring game in between Losing all my money in Las Vegas, like the guy without a beard. Uh, I might even pay you one ninety nine for a super chat. Keep up the media work, fellas. You definitely earn your pay. Go Utes from Brian. I think you just threatened to pay us to do some work for us, and yeah, we'll sign up for that. We would like that. Yeah, no doubt. yeah. and uh, to be fair, last time I went to Vegas, I cleaned up. I didn't lose money, so thank you, Brian. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, we'll see this, which means when I go tomorrow, I'm gonna. Yeah, you're just gonna. Get, you probably shouldn't have said that out loud. Oh, All right, this is from Jason for your upcoming recap show. Uh, hey, Dave and Ryan, I am writing this email at the start of the fourth quarter of the UCLA Arizona game. I don't care if UCLA wins this game, which is impossible or not, but I just need to uh, air to let out some frustration about the program as a whole. How does Chip Kelly still have his job? This is Chip's sixth year as a coach, and he is getting outcoached, outathleted, and honestly outclassed by a coach and program that was one and eleven two years ago. Arizona's quarterback and one of their best receivers both went to high school in the LA area and yet decided to go to a 1-11 school rather than play for Chip. I honestly think Chip just doesn't care at all about coaching and is only doing this job to add more bucks to his retirement fund. Chip really is trying to tell us, okay, you think the problem is defense? Fine, I'll give you a defense, but I'm going to show you and take away any semblance of an offense so you will actually miss losing games 54-44. to Everyone knows it is impossible for UCLA to have a good O and D in the same year, I really hope UCLA loses out the rest of the year so the school actually will take into consideration getting a new coach for the Big Ten. The only way we compete moving forward is getting a new coach and starting from scratch with recruiting and hype. I hope it happens. Hmm. Uh, One thing I'll comment here. Uh, Jason, I think the tenor of your email is echoed by, um, I would say, taking the temperature of the fan base this morning, virtually everyone. So you're not alone. Yeah, that seems people... That was not a good effort. 
No, it was a. Uh, I would go so far as to say it was a piss poor effort. Yeah. Um, and but you know, a contract extension for this <laughs> coaching staff could <laughs> rally the troops, raise morale, and get them firing out through yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are fed up and done. Um, yeah, and it's you know, it, it's not necessarily like uh, the record. It's um, consistently losing games that are these competitive opportunities to actually notch a good win and just losing, yeah, losing and losing and losing. And it's now in this culmination period where they've, uh, you know, they had Dorian's last uh, two years and then this year where they've, you know, they've built the system. They've got everything there and it's just, they're not winning enough. They're just not. All right. Uh, I guess I disagree, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> Alan in St. Louis gave a super chat. Wow, that last voice voicemail uh, lever sounded smart and handsome. What a wordsmith. Again, uh, but you left out charismatic, um, uh-huh. uh, truly um, a paragon of virtue. Um, Compared to West, West Texas Mike, how he's right, paragon of no, virtue is he? Right there. Okay. Right there. Um, he's, he's one <laughs> initial unit of West Texas Mike. <laughs> Very nice. Thanks, Alan, for the voicemail and the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, super chat. Uh, let's see. Is this one me? I think, I think it's it is. Uh, this is uh, Boyd in Boise. Podcast comment slash question. The fighting Troy Taylors of Stanford don't like me or my family. They knocked me out of the survival pool two weeks ago with a comeback at Colorado. Same for me. It's funny that Stanford knocked both of us out, by mm-hmm. the way. And now knocked uh, out my 10-year-old son this week at Washington State. Uh, bitterness aside, am I crazy to think that Taylor could be pretty successful at Stanford? The school needs to step up and support, but Taylor can coach. No, you're not crazy. Um, I think they've shown more of a pulse this year than they did in the last like four years of the David Shaw era. Um, and they don't have a lot of talent. Um, they're having to do that ward, weird quarterback system. Um, and again, like I said, uh, passed a big test for me in going for it on that fourth and one. Yes. At Washington State for the win. Because um, you had the lead. You could not, you, you know. You yeah. Could, he could have gone super dumb and conservative. Didn't. And he didn't. Um, so, no, I think there's a lot of, a lot to like about the way he coaches games, the way um, the offense he's installed. And now it's just a question of whether he can get some bodies in there. And I don't uh, – like the thing is with that rebuild, it's going to take years, literal years because of the way Stanford limits recruiting. Everything. NIL, yeah. transfer, the whole thing. Um, so it's going to take literal years, but I, it, it can happen. I mean, just, you got to check back in, in like two years, see where they are. Like next year, it could be a absolute dud again, but then two years from now, once they've got a little bit of their system continuity, they've gotten some flow of recruiting going again, you know, that'll be the test. West Texas, Texas, Mike said, uh, glad to know my additional penny didn't amount for much. So maybe he did give $5. He gave $5. So it, there would be like a you know yeah a no small you, percentage. that's right you are still superior West Texas Mike you are the true unit of charisma so I am assuming that when you do a super chat like they they default to like a ninety nine thing because we've had a lot of one ninety nines four ninety nines or just like a that. lot of like ninety nine cent store aficionados out here in uh in these but it seems like it's a thing YouTube streets but usually that's if you want to price something with a ninety nine or if you're gas ninety nine and nine tenths. Because you make it look smaller, 
Right. But, Why are you trying to make us look smaller? Right. Yeah. But for a donation, like you don't want to say like, hey, I donated donated ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents to uh, the children's hospital. Like I'd rather say I donated hundred bucks. Right. You know, you don't want to make it look like, oh, you're you're a two digit guy. No, three digit guy. Get yeah. You. Yeah. And it's not. I just clicked into it. It's uh, even money. Is it really? Yeah. So some people just they, make just, the, they like the, the ninety nine themselves. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that was. Yeah, we need to get one of those five hundos. Um, that's what it goes up to. Does it really? Yeah, insane. Uh, all right, this is from Cliff. This is our last one. Okay. The Grinch. David and Ryan. A source of great shame for the family Grinch has finally been righted. David Irving Grinch once made a valiant effort with the unwitting help of Cindy Lou Who to steal Christmas from the Who's of Whoville. Despite all of his labors, he was unable to steal the spirit of Christmas and ultimately returned the toys, decorations, and food he stole to try to ruin the greatest of traditions. There was still joy in Whoville. The Grinch family was devastated. Well, today, thanks to his descendant, Alex Grinch, there is no more shame. Forevermore to be known as the Grinch who stole the season, Alex Grinch succeeded where his ancestor failed. With the unknowing help of Cindy Lou Riley, he has robbed the joy from Troy. The Grinch family <laughs> Grinch family can once more be proud. Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Yes. He is the Grinch who stole the season. Yeah. I was telling you to use that. You know, it's it's easy and obvious, but you got to do some stuff with that. You know, like your postmortem, like that's a Dan Weber postmortem. Yeah. The Grinch who stole this season, you know? Yeah. Right? We could do that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's... I just, just feel like it's been done a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of like, you know... Yeah, it's not original in any way. No. Um, It's been done in this email that we just read. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he, I, I thought it was very creatively done. It was mm, nice. It was nice. Uh, the very Cindy, good clip. Cindy Lou Who. I'm uh, again. I'm still sad about Alex. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where, for years, covering USC, uh, I mean, it was literal years. I would answer questions about when are they going to fire Clay Helton, right? And you know, at least for a year, it's been when are they going to fire Alex Grinch. Yeah. So then it happens. Then I don't know. Then it's like sort of you're in a weird zone. You're in the aftertimes now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but people get that firing on the brain, and then it's like that's the solution to everything. Like, okay, well, he's fired now. Oh, the defense still stinks. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, and this is the thing, and this is the danger zone for Lincoln Riley now. He's got to kind of nail this hire. You got to get good, someone good. Yeah. Because the thing is, people will allow you to do this once. But you don't get multiple tries at this. So if the defense is once again a big pile of dog shit next year, people are gonna I mean, people are going to start saying, Hey Lincoln Riley, what the fuck, buddy? Yeah. Um, and uh that's the point where we get into what I like to call the fun zone. Where <laughs> I get to start uh I get to start doing the thing where I'm gonna like start pumping up Lincoln Riley. And that'll start angering people. There's yeah. always a move for me. Like there's always yeah, the a move. new yeah, avenue yeah. Um, to go down. Um, and treating Lincoln Riley like he's Clay Helton will be one of the uh, most fun and rewarding experiences of my that life. Well, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you can do that when you have so much stability around the program that you cover, knowing that that coaching staff will stay intact for a very, very long time. So you can kind of put your efforts elsewhere uh which is good i mean that's a good thing to have that stability good uh, yes good is the word 
<laughs> Good is the All right. Word. Well, that's going to wrap things up. Sorry we started a little bit late. Um, but yeah, like kind of this breaking news stuff that was going on. Uh, yeah, I've been talking since 1130. So like three hours. I get a little break and I got like three more hours later on. So it should be good. Uh, yeah, if you guys are fans of... Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I just heard that was what? the world's smallest violin just way off in the distance playing we, My Heart Bleeds for You. Right where David is sitting, we're going to get the uh, Branch Brothers to come in from USC. So that'll be fun. We haven't had a player come in live to the studio during the season. But this is the world of NIL, so all these new things are happening, which is great. Uh, and then we'll do a tunnel, tunnel vision show tonight. Did you guys do a broadcast right after? What is your, like... I do a um, I do a quick po- post-game little recap. Okay. Like 15 minutes. Some crap like that right after. Just kind of a solo. Um, just to get something up quick. Gotcha. Um, and then we just do weekly crap. Okay. Otherwise. Yeah, the live show ends up being kind of a lot. But it's good. It's usually a pretty popular. We'll get calls and everything and... Uh, but like our live show that for here, we've been doing, it's been pretty been popular crushing too. it. Been crushing it in the super chats, been crushing it in life, been crushing it in advertising, been crushing it in viewership. Yeah, we appreciate all you guys like tuning in, listening, yeah. watching. Um, Commiserating. And we move the, the times around. I think, uh, I don't think I fly out. I think we could do Thursday morning for a preview. Let's do it, baby. I'm, I think I'm flying out uh, Thursday evening to go up there. Cool. Go up there early. Go hang out in Portland a little bit. Oh, yeah. I haven't been there for a while. Uh, uh, well, I guess I went last year. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't, I didn't spend a lot of time in Portland. So, yeah. um, when's the last time you were up there? When I lived there. Really? Yeah. 2011, I think. You haven't been up there? Damn. Mm hmm. You just get, you just get all over the place. Mm hmm. Well, you go to a lot of games, right? No. <laughs> I'm going to basketball games, though, in Hawaii. Oh, you're going. So you're not going to go to Poly. No, but you'll go to Hawaii. Correct. That's why I'm going to Vegas to cover the basketball. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, he is. Oops, that's the wrong way. Mm-hmm. He is David David Woods. It's, my brain is kind of in a fog. If you can't tell, uh, I am Ryan Abraham, and I hope you guys all enjoyed the show. And uh, we will talk to you uh, the very next time. Goodbye and sorry, Alex. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.